Well done. Thank you. We continue to be for our sermons in the Hebrew Testament, looking at the story of the family of Abraham and what it means for us. But I, of course, want you to hear the gospel message. And so from the 13th chapter of Matthew today comes these words from Holy Scripture. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. And other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but cares of the world and the lure of wealth. Choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields it. In one case, a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. And then we move to the 25th chapter of Genesis. We have heard of Abraham and Isaac And now we hear of Isaac and Rebekah and the birth of their children. Remember that we have been carrying this theme throughout that God makes promises. God gives us what we need to carry out those promises. And sometimes we are called to be companions in carrying out those promises that God offers. Today we hear that sometimes what we expect from God is not what we actually get. These are the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, Aramean, of Paddan, Aramean, sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord, 
for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and his wife Rebecca conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is to be this way, why do I live? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided, and one shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. When her time to give birth was at hand, there were twins in her womb. And I'm going to read on a little bit more. Because you need to hear the whole lot of it. The first came out red with all his body like a hairy mantle, so they named him Esau, which means red one. And afterward, his brother came out with his hand gripping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. And when the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man living in the tents. Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field and was famished, and Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stuff, for I am famished. Therefore he is called Edom, which is red. Jacob said, first sell me your birthright. And Esau said, I am about to die. What good is my birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank, and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This week, I took a whole vacation day. I don't think I've ever done that in my life. I went to the lake, Seneca Lake, which is where my family used to vacation all of my growing up. I hate it there. And so, um, because it's hot and it's sticky, and you you, you have to use public toilets, and there's no mattresses on the bed, and I am a woman of a certain age, and even when I wasn't, those are the things I want when I go on vacation. I don't want to sleep with spiders and snakes and puppy dog tails and any of that other stuff. And so my family, who always goes to Seneca Lake, knows not to invite me because I don't like it. Um, But this year they invited me to come along, and so I went, and we had a ball. Both my brothers have boats. Um, My sister-in-law's brother owns a house there, so we all stayed, and it has a pool, and it was fun, and we had a great time. And I got to know my great niece. And she is lovely. She has hair everywhere. Dark, dark, dark hair. Dark, dark, dark eyes. And I kept saying, she's just like her mother. 
because when her mother was that age, she looked exactly like that. And then I started to spend some time around this kid, and I discovered she is nothing like her mother. She is pleasant. She doesn't fuss. She's not, she's not uh, uh, one of those babies, you know, that demands all kinds of attention. She's just a cute little baby who is mostly happy all the time. And her mother was a prima donna, even at eight months old. And so I learned to say, instead of saying she's just like her mother, I started to say she looks just like her mother, because that was a little better. But you can see, sometimes when you see people who you think look alike or ought to be alike, that it doesn't always work out that way. Um, I know somebody who has a two-year-old and 10-month-old twins. They're, they're boy and girl twins. And the girl twin is so different from the rest of the family, the mother is not entirely sure she's related to them. Um, she is a fussy thing. She wants, fed, she wants her mama to feed her everything. Um, when she eats macaroni, there's a great video of the of the two twins side by side in the video and they're eating macaroni noodles and the little girl is taking each little noodle and putting it in her mouth and chewing it up and and the boy is over here going like this fistfuls right and then when he's done he reaches over and grabs a fistful off her thing so even twins that you think should be alike sometimes are nothing at all alike. And this is what happens with Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau, you, you, you root for them from the beginning. You want them to be friends. You want them to carry on Abraham's, Abraham's promise from God. And you want them to, to really be this great nation that God has promised. And from the very beginning, they struggle in utero. Now this is interesting to me. If, if, if you all know Karen DiOrio, you know she tells a story about carrying twins in the age before they had ultrasound. And apparently she grew very huge when she was pregnant with these twins. And they put her on a diet because they couldn't figure out why she was so fat. And she said they had no ultrasound, so we didn't know. And there was this, they were worried because there was no movement, you know? Well, I, I think both her boys were more than seven pounds when they, they were born. They weren't moving because there was nowhere for them to go. But Jacob and Esau, fighting with each other, even in their mother's womb, It sets up the story for us. We know that something big is coming. And these boys are as different as night and day. One is a hunter, one is macho, one is red and furry. The other one, we assume always, is smooth-skinned and more dainty. Likes to stay in the tent. Hung out with his mama. And we know we're set up a little bit here in this story, too, because it tells us Isaac 
like Esau, and Rebekah, like Jacob. Parents, do you have favorite children? You know how that works out for your kids when they know that they have parents who have favorites? It's rough. And so Esau comes in one day, he's been out hunting, he's exhausted, he's hungry. And there sits Jacob, cooking his gourmet stew, lentils, which in Middle Eastern context are kind of known to have healing powers, remarkable kinds of beans or lentils. And so he wants the stew. And Jacob, Jacob, who later will become known as a trickster, says, give me your birthright and I'll give you some stew. And he says, I don't care about my birthright. I just want the stew. So Jacob complies. And until much later, the story ends right there. But we do get that very final line that says, and Esau despised his birthright. See, there was nothing greater for a son than his birthright. This is everything his father had worked for, everything his grandfather had worked for, everything that God had provided them, and he despises it because he's hungry. He puts the things of the world over and against the things of God. He's worried about food. How many of us worry about things like our health and our finances and the roof over our head and give away our birthright, the promise of God? Now, there's an interesting tact we could take in this. And that is, is God so sovereign that we can't change what God has planned? In other words, we know that Esau is the heir. Esau is the one to carry out God's promise. Is God so sovereign that Esau has the ability... To change what God has planned? I'm going to leave you all to think about that because I'm going to talk instead about what Jacob teaches us here. What Jacob teaches us here, I think, is that sometimes what we expect from God is not what we get. Now, Jacob was sly. He was a trickster. He tricked, some would say, Esau out of his birthright. But Jacob, ultimately, as we see the story continue, is the one who really carries out God's plan. Nobody expected God to carry out God's plan in that way.
one of the fine examples of what I'm talking about here um, is Pastor Joel Osteen. And I don't want to get into with you whether you love him or whether you hate him. Don't care. Just listen to this part of the family story. His father was a pastor. His father pastored a church that was about a 5,000-member church in Houston. And Joel came in and for 17 years worked as the director of media and television ministries and grew that empire to a place where his father was heard in over 100 countries. And his father kept saying, son, I want you to preach. And Joel kept saying, I am not called to preach, daddy. I'm not going to do it. And it was odd for his father to ask that because Joel has a brother who is a much better preacher than he is. And all of them will admit that even to this day. And Joel has a sister who has been physically healed of ailments and has a remarkable story that she can tell. And as a third child, nobody thought that he was going to take over for his daddy. But his daddy kept saying, I want you to preach, son. I want you to preach, son. And so... After 17 years of working in the ministry, Joel Osteen preached at his daddy's church in front of 5,000 people. And the next week, his father suddenly died of a heart attack. And he took that blessing from his dad and used it to become the senior pastor of a church that now reaches over 100 countries and 50,000 people every week. Regardless of what you think of his ministry, reaching 50,000 people with the gospel of Jesus probably has something to do with God's will. Nobody expected him to become the senior pastor of that church. Even he didn't expect that. Nobody expected Jacob to become the heir of God's promises to his father and his grandfather. And yet God worked in that way to make that happen. See, we sit around, the church is really good at this. We sit around and we think, well, we've always done it this way, so that's the way we need to do it. We expect that this is going to happen, so that's probably what it's going to be. Pay attention to what God is telling you. Might be something totally different and even more remarkable than you ever ever imagined. Thanks be to God. Amen.